0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to HFFL Pod. We have on deck for you today the 2023 preseason poll. This is episode 109. Um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. This might be a little clunky. I got a lot of data that I want to make sure that you guys get to hear about. I put a lot of time and effort into this. Um, I know you guys don't necessarily care, but I want to make sure that um, I go over everything and you know give everybody a a thorough pink picture of what we've painted here. So. Kind of like in years past, um, I am using the methodology that I created a couple years ago, kind of based off Rich's model of heat maps. Um, It didn't necessarily make me any better. Um, I still picked four out of the six playoff teams from last year, Um, and I did not even get the champion. Shout out to Jeff. I did not have Jeff as a playoff team. He actually was kind of down the ranks for me a little bit. I believe his championship odds were plus 1,000. Yeah, they were, and his over-under was 7.5, so... Um, He did uh, get over, scored, or he had eight wins, and was able to get in the playoffs. And, you know, like I've told you guys a million times, once you're in, you're in. It doesn't really matter at that point whether you're the one or the six. If you're in, you can win it. And that's been proven time and time again in the HFFL. Now, where this, my methodology did improve um, was my ability to determine who was going to be basically a top half offense and defense. So um, last year, I thought that Kellen, myself, Julian, Corey, both Hagerman and Stevens, and Walt uh, Walt and Ryan would be top-half offenses. Um, Walt and Ryan were the only two who did not make it into that top-half. Um, so five out of sevens. And then defensively, I thought that Corey, uh, Stevens, myself, Kellen, Ryan, Walt, Julian, and Jeff would all be top-half defenses, and only Ryan and Jeff were unable to get that done. So five out of seven on both offense and defense, showing a little consistency, showing that the model is working a little bit. Uh, So we are going to go ahead, um, and really the only difference that I made for the model this year, um, I did go through every team twice, um, but I did add the manager score. So uh, like I had done the pod a week ago or so, whatever that was, basically your manager score is just another category. So it can either help your score or it can hurt your score, right? Or if you're right around league average, you know, it basically won't help you or hurt you at all. And that's kind of you know how it's supposed to be. You know, If you're a great manager, you'll overcome. If you're a poor manager, you may not. Um, the data kind of brought out five different tiers this year, so a little bit more than normal. Uh, one more, I usually go for four, but the, it just was kind of inarguable the way that things worked out. So I have in 1.01 watch, I've got two teams. I have one team in what I'll call no man's land. Um, I have... One, two, three, four, five, six teams in what I'd like to call playoff hopeful. I have three teams in playoffs likely, and I have two that I'm willing to absolutely put a lock on. 100%, I mean, barring an absolute catastrophe, these two are in the playoffs. So um, we're going to go ahead and start here with 1.01 watch. And with uh, an over-under of 3.5 and plus 5,000 odds to win the HFFL title, the, <laughs> the crown, if you will, for the worst team in the HFFL, goes to Ryan. Uh, We had kind of talked about this a little bit when um, Kellen was doing his rankings, um, and one of the biggest knocks for me against Ryan's team is that he has a bottom three, pretty easily, bottom three running back group. I've got him as easily the worst. Um, I also have him as a bottom three group in the flex. So the way that I kind of did these rankings is I kind of scatter shot it out a little bit. So one category is your top running back, one is your top two wide receivers, one is your tight end, one is your starting two flex, Another is your offensive depth, right, and obviously quarterback as well. So of the top running backs, you know, the top starter on every team in the HFFL, Ryan's is by far the worst. It's really not close. There's a massive gap between him and the second worst, which I have as Brendan. Um, so that, that's painful for him. And then same for his, his flex. You know, he's got one of the worst flex. He's tied with Walt for the worst two flex starters in the league. So, in, you know, he doesn't have a ton of depth. I mean, he's a below average team on offensive depth. So it's not like he's got you know a bunch of guys coming up off the bench ready and willing to to get after it for him. I also have Ryan with the league's worst linebacking core, uh, which is definitely, I'm sure, hard for him to swallow. Um, and I do have him in a bottom three for depth on defense. So a lot of things that Ryan needs to improve. I think he knows that, obviously. you know He's sold Mr. Christian McCaffrey. He understands that this is a rebuilding year. Um, I do believe that he knows that. But... I think he's in that situation now where he needs to fully commit. He needs to go do what Scott had done before him, what Corey Stevens has done before him, what Rich has done before him. He needs to tear it down to the absolute studs. Not, oh, I'm gonna try to to, to thread the needle here and maybe I can squeak in or do this. No, like he needs to absolutely tear it down completely. And I I think he'll do that, but I guess time will tell. Uh, the 13th team, the other team in the 101 tier or 101 watch tier, is Rich. Um, Rich, I have him as also an over-under of 3.5 and, and also plus 5,000 odds to win the championship. Um, I think Kellen made a really good point that this is all still by design for Rich, that he is still trying to basically build towards the future. Um, obviously, he had a ton of picks this year. I believe he's got a ton of picks next year. Um, but that obviously doesn't help him as far as you know this particular ranking set because this is 2023 only. Um, And for 2023 only, you know, Rich, that wide receiver core, kind of like Kellen was talking about, I do have him with the worst wide receiver core in the league. Um, And it's by a pretty good margin that he's the worst in the league. I think I have Walt down here as well with him with his top, excuse me, his top two starting wide receivers. Um, That's something that he needs a lot of progression. We kind of talked about that too. Um, He's got to improve. You got to see some progression out of those guys Um, and just flat out add more players, add more talent. And I think he'll do that over time. Um he's not nearly as bad as he was last year. Um it's really not even close. Last year I had him I mean, his score was gosh, thirty percent lower than it is right now, maybe even forty percent lower than it is right now. Um but he's still not a team that I think really has a legitimate chance, as as you can tell by these odds. Um I just really don't see it for him this year. The next team, the twelfth team, is the only team that I have in this tier, and this tier is called No Man's Land. What does that mean, right? What what the heck is what's going on here? Are you trying to rebuild? Are you pushing for the playoffs? Are you kind of stuck? And that's that's where it seems to me that this team is stuck. And I have Mike here. Um, I got Mike with an over under of four and a half wins um, and a plus plus two thousand to win the championship. And I don't really know, I don't really know what to do with Mike's team. Um, I thought it was better than it was when I initially started ranking things. I thought, all right, you know, Mike's going to be pretty good. He's going to be just fine. He'll be right where he usually is, right there at the end of the, you know, right in the playoff hunt. Um, but as this kind of all played out and I ranked everything, that's just not the case. Um, I do have Mike with a bottom, I got him 11th in offense and 12th in defense overall. So, I mean, he's, he's definitely pacing towards the bottom in this model. I don't really know, you know, what he should do because he doesn't really have a ton of picks. He's traded a lot out um, and he doesn't have a lot of guys that people are, you know, gung-ho to go get. Um, I do have players that on his team that I, I personally like that I would be you know when if he decides to sell off that I would personally be interested in you know we talked about Russ we talked about Amari James Connor um, players like that who may not carry a ton of value um, overall in Dynasty but are guys who could really help you in a run this year um, so I do anticipate that you know week three week four week five whenever it is you know whatever however Mike's season start if it starts rough I do think that Mike will be bowing out. All right, next tier. This is the playoff hopeful tier. Um, So the 10th team, I have them with an over 5.5 win total, which is actually two less than last year, and a plus 1,500 in their odds to win the championship. And this dude is going to be pissed. It is your current champion, Uncle Jeff. Uncle Jeff's going to be real mad, but it is what it is. The model says what it says. Um, The model has Jeff with a 12th overall offense and a 10th overall defense. Um, The quarterback... It's a huge problem for Jeff. Obviously, we all know you know he's had some injuries with Stafford last year. He does still have um, Derek Carr, but it's just the upside of this group is is virtually non-existent, um, and that's really going to let Jeff down this year. Tight end still a problem. It's not something that he really has tried to address much outside of you know free agency really, um, and it's it's still a massive problem. Depth is becoming a major problem. Obviously, he still has that wide receiver core. Um, he's still got Devontae. He still has Justin Jefferson. Um, Alexander Madison really fell into a nice spot for him this year. That's a really nice help for him with that fourth starter and with Eckler there, but Tyler Boyd, that's that's tough. We talked about this on the pod last year. That's a tough fifth starter. Um, and then depth-wise, there isn't much there. Um, I don't know. I I know Jeff well enough to know that he's not going to sell just to sell. Um, he may entertain offers for Devontae Adams if things get bad, but He's going to want multiple firsts, and that I think that ship has sailed now just with the age alone of Devontae. So Jeff is he's dangerously teetering towards no, man land, no man's land, but out of respect for you know him just winning a title, and again, those manager rankings, that kind of pushed him up a little bit here. Um, I have him at the very end of the playoff hopeful tier. Uh, the next tier, another guy who's going to be pissed off, and I'm sure I'm going to get some texts about this. Uh, the one that make him 10th team is Scott. Scott, is I have him at uh, over-under of 6.5, plus 1,200 odds to win the HFFL ship. Um, And Scott as a whole, I don't really love where he's at. Um, I've got him as the number 10 overall offense, and I do have him as a top half, a number 6 defense there. So that is something that he's got going for him. Um, I know for me specifically, I'm not a fan of his quarterbacks. I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. I just don't like the inconsistency that comes with Daniel Jones. I do like what he's got going on, though, with this top running back. Obviously, I like Saquon. Uh, but his top two wide receiver, I do have him in the bottom three in the NFL, or in the HFFL, excuse me, with those top two starting wide receivers. Um, Deontay and Mike Williams, while it's it's decent, it's solid, uh, it just doesn't really hold a candle to a lot of the best teams in the league, and it's pretty well below average uh, unit as far as the league average goes there in the scoring. Tight end, not a lot going for him. He... Is in that bottom three. Another guy who he has actually tried to invest in the position, and just the players just haven't quite worked out for him. Um, Scott does have a really good two starting two flex unit, though. Uh, one of the better better units in the league, a pretty well above average unit um, in that area, and then he's got above average depth as well. So he does have the ability to kind of try to soak some of these things up, especially as injuries happen. You know, I mean this this model right now, the vast majority of the players in the NFL are, are very healthy. Um, I don't even know that we have. I don't think we do knock on wood have a major star that has gone down with injury to this point, so um, everybody's healthy and with everybody healthy, you know he's he's getting dinged a little bit here, but that depth that depth will definitely come in handy for him um, defensively this the the defensive line is kind of a problem right now. I've got him as a bottom three unit in the league um, but obviously he's has great linebackers he's had them for quite a while. If he had a healthy Darius Leonard, I think this could be potentially the best linebacker group in the league. Um, and I still do think that Scott does have the best DBs in the league right now. So he definitely has some stuff going for him, especially defensively. I think if Harold Landry comes back, if he gets some some progression out of his D line, I do think that he can he can push this rating up. And again, he's a playoff hopeful. This is a guy who he's right there. Uh, as I said, I got him tenth, so I got him at the lower end of this. But he has the assets and you know the the ability to make some splash splash moves if he needs to. He's got lots of picks there, so. All right, so ninth, uh, the third team in the playoff hopeful uh, tier here is Brendan. you got Brendan's over-under at 6.5, his odds to win the championship at plus 1,100. Uh, Brendan is a team who is kind of in it to win it. I know I've been talking to him a lot. I've seen him a lot this year. Um, He is all in. He's ready to win. He loves his team. He loves where he's at. Um, And then in my rankings, though, I've got him as the eighth-best offense and the eighth-best defense, so I do not have him top half in either category. Obviously having Josh Allen will cure a lot of ills, um, but that running back group, that starting running back, he's, he's second worst in the scoring system with J.K. Dobbins as his second, you know, his his top dog at running back there. I do like Debo and Ridley, uh, but they, they definitely come with some question marks. They are not clear cut, um, absolute killers at the position any longer. Um, I know Debo and Ridley both have had a top five season, um, but they, you know, what have you done for me lately? League, they are currently not there. Sorry, a little drink there. Um, tight end, he's young. Um, he's got mayor, so we'll see. But I, I don't anticipate a lot out of him this year. I do love David Montgomery and Tyler Lockett as a starting two in his starting two flex there. Um, I do think that's one of the better starting two flexes in the league. I actually have him as third at, at that starting flex. So um, I think that's definitely a strength for him. <clears throat> Obviously, D-line um, is an absolute, just massive strength for Brendan. Um, I do have him as the best unit in the league. I've got him as the third best linebacker unit. Um, And then he's roughly, let me check this, he's below average, pretty well below average um, at defensive back and in depth overall. I do have him as the least um, depth of any team in the HFFL. So I think there's some things he can work on, um, and we all know after the first couple weeks of the year, everything's really going to sort itself out um, on the waiver wire, and there will be a lot of players to be picked up that will be season-long starters. Um, So if Brendan is able to... Pick up some of those guys if he's able to stay healthy at running back. Um, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, if he gets anything out of Clyde, um, that would be absolutely ideal. And it'd put Brendan, you know, like I said, in that uh, playoff hopeful. He'd have a shot at that point, but he's got to make some moves at DB and, and adding to that depth <clears throat> to ensure that, you know, injuries and ineffectiveness and players being benched and things like that, that doesn't crush him. All right, the eighth team, this is the fourth team in the playoff hopefuls. I have Corey Hagerman. Corey Hagerman, I've got them over-under at 6.5. I've got him a plus 1,100, so same as Brendan there, to win the ship. And then looking at his top offensive and defensive scoring, I have him as the number 9 offensive team in the league and the number 5 defensive team in the league. Um, Corey has really a a giant question mark currently at quarterback. Um, He's got Kyler, and it still is as clear as mud uh, what's going to happen with Kyler when he's going to be back. Um, when he is back is he going to run or they're going to try to have him be a pocket passer Um, so he did take a pretty substantial hit in the rankings just because that quarterback rating is tough Um, obviously Nick Chubb at running back that's one of the best top dog running backs here in the league Um, I've got him actually as the third best starting running back in the HFFL with Walt and Jeff ahead of him I'm a big fan of his outlook for this year wide receivers uh, I got a below average duo here with Keenan and Godwin um Obviously I'm a big Keenan guy uh, with Godwin losing time, having some question marks at quarterback. That's, that's really a problem for me, at uh, the tight end, Pitts and Goddard absolutely love it. Um, I've got him as tied for the third best unit in the league. Um, and, and I would say he's got, he's probably the only team that doesn't have Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey that has a player who has a chance to be tight end one overall. Um, I know that a lot of people have really soured on Kyle Pitts, but we're talking about a guy at 21 years old who's had 1,000 yards as a rookie. Uh, so I'm I'm not the one who is going to say that I'm soured on him. I would love to buy him. Um, I think he is still the future at the position, and it'll be interesting to see you know, how he bounces back this year and what will probably be another very run-heavy year um, in Atlanta. Um, his two flex, uh, I've got him kind of down a little bit. I've got him third to last, um, a bottom three group there. It's just... Not ideal, what you're really looking for. Um, But he does have a lot of depth. Um, He's got a lot of guys who could start. A lot of guys who are right at that fringe of being a fourth or fifth starter for a lot of teams. Um, So he will be able to sustain the wave a little bit when there's some injuries, uh, which will definitely help him going forward. Uh, Defensively, he doesn't really stand out at defensive line. Not horrifically good or or, or horrifically bad or, or really great or anything. But his linebackers, I do have him as the single best unit at linebacker in the HFFL. Um, He's got quite a nice group there. (coughs) Excuse me. Talking a lot here. DB, um, just above league average group, and then at league average uh, depth at the position there as well. So um, Corey is one of those guys who has proven to be a pretty smart owner. Um, He doesn't make a ton of moves, and when he does make them, he tends to go big. So it should be interesting to see. I would imagine that he's going to be one of those guys who around week 8, 9, 10, he's either going to be all-in and making moves to try to get a title, or he's going to be selling off some pieces. Um, He's kind of done both things here in the HFFL, so it'll be interesting to see which way he goes this time. All right. The seventh team, which puts you at the first man out of the playoffs, the second-to-last team in the playoff hopeful tier, is Walt. I've got Walt at 6.5 wins over under 6.5, plus 1,000 to win the HFFL ship. Um, His offensive score is pretty decent uh, right again mid-pack he's seventh so he's in that top half there um, and defensively I do expect his defense to carry him as it did last year I got him fourth um, defensively so uh, for Walt he really needs that bounce back year out of a lot of players I mean he needs a bounce back out of Lamar he needs a bounce back out of Zeke he needs a bounce back um, out of Hollywood Brown he needs progression from George Pickens he needs a bounce back from Waller bounce back from Michael Thomas like there's just a lot of things that Walt needs to happen. Now, is it possible that the stars align and all these things happen? 100%. 100% is possible. But I just struggle to see it overall um, because it is so many coin flips that need to go his way. And historically, honest, being honest, he hasn't had a lot of things, coin flip, go his way. So, I mean, you could look at it as he's due or you could look at it as he's kind of unlucky and it's it's unlikely that he'll be able to make this happen. But... Um, obviously, adding Christian McCaffrey is massive. Um, that really took him from probably close to no man's land tier um, into one of the top playoff hopeful teams and dang near into the playoffs in this situation. So now obviously, if you're Walt, just being short of the playoffs isn't going to cut it. Um, Walt is playoff or bust here. And when he's in, he has Christian McCaffrey. So, and he has Lamar. I mean, anything could happen. Walt's not a, the kind of team that you'd want to play in a one-off game with guys with those kind of those kind of ceilings there. So... He's just got to get in. He's At this point, he's all in. Um, he doesn't have anything really left as far as assets go. Um, he has sold everything to get where he's at, and I have him just short. So we'll see. We'll see if he can survive the bug. We'll see if he can get some players to, to rebound for him, progress for him. Um, and if he can, I bet he'd be a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I bet he'd be a lot of fun if he's winning. He's, he's a little superstitious, so he'll be a little quiet, but I bet he'll be talking behind closed doors. All right, so this is your playoffs. This is the last team in the playoff hopeful tier, which puts him as the sixth team overall, which makes him a playoff team. And the rookie, Dave. I've got Dave in the playoffs. Kobe did make the playoffs with this squad last year, um, and I have Dave right here at the doorstep this year. Um, I've got him as the number five overall offense and the number seven defense. So the, the team itself seems to be pretty good. He did make that deal where he sold pickings. Um, but all is not lost. you know lots of young assets still on the team, lots of guys who can get it done for him. Um, and he doesn't have a ton as far as like being elite or being bad in any really category. He's kind of a, a middle of the road kind of an everything except for tight end um tight end is terrible and then i don't i do not like his d line i've got him as the second worst d line in the league um but really other than that i mean he's he's just about average or above average in most positions. Got him slightly below average at quarterback, slightly below average at running back, um, above, well above average with his two tight or two, wide, two flex, or excuse me, two wide receivers, one of the best flex groups in the league. I've got him number two overall with his starting two flex, um, above league average depth, above league average, well above league average linebackers, and just below league average defensive backs, and the most depth, the best defensive depth um, in the entire league. So he does have some things going for him here. Uh, Will there be some rookie mistakes that that ruin it, kind of like what Kellen was talking about, like we saw with Sam years ago? Um, Sam had a team that everybody absolutely loved coming into the season, and Sam, as an owner, just didn't quite have the experience, the know-how, and, and the ability to just get it done. Um, so will Dave fall prey to that? I, I don't know, but we shall see. All right, this is the playoff likely tier. So everybody in this tier... I'd be very surprised if they didn't make the playoffs. So, I'm, like I said, I'm calling it likely, but I'm not willing to put that absolute stone cold lock on this. Um, the fifth team, the the last one here in this tier, I have Arico. I've got Arico's over under at seven and a half, and his champ his uh, championship odds at plus eight fifty. Uh, Arico's offense, his top four unit, I've got him at number four. Um, defensively, though, he's got a lot of work to do. He's eleventh, so Arico's going to be another team, one of those teams like Brendan. Who's really going to be playing that wire? Who's really going to be trying to see? Can I get myself one, two, three starters that I don't have today that are going to get me anywhere from 180 to 220 points? Can I find those guys? Because they're going to be there. They are there every single year. It's just a matter of who gets them. You know. So are you going to be one of the guys who's cheap in se- or you know early in the season you're not willing to spend your fab, um, or are you going to drop you know 50 bucks on a player who ends up being a, a top five safety? I think Scott did that with Marcus May a few years ago. So you got to really decide, you know, are you going to go for it? Are you going to try to win the championship? Or are you going to try to do what I call the Jimmy, pinch a couple pennies, you know, spend 3 4 or $5 on the fifth safety from that week and hope that you picked the right guy. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but Arico definitely needs some help um, defensively to make sure that he gets into this from playoff likely to playoff lock. Uh, at quarterback, Ariko... Scott Herbert, great looking, great looking young guy. Big fan. Um, kind of wish I had kept him. The way things are going currently, obviously I'm sure I whiffed on. The, actually, I traded that pick for uh, for Jerry Judy. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, at running back, he's got uh, Gibbs, Waddle, and Olave as his two top wide receivers. Andrews, obviously that's an absolute stud at tight end. Um, I do have him as the second best group in the league, the only behind Travis Kelsey there. Um, I absolutely do. Love the way that his two wide receivers are. Like I said, it's a well above average group there. Depth-wise, or excuse me, there's his two flex, um, well above average there as well. A top five unit in his starting two flex. Depth-wise, he's right about league average, just a little bit better maybe than league average. Um, offensively, he seems to have it pretty well figured out. He needs some progression from guys like Christian Watson, from from Travis Etienne, obviously from Jameer Gibbs. There's definitely a lot of youth, um, which we've seen... Go great for people, you know. We've seen, uh, I think Scott, he was pretty early on in his rebuild um, with his youth. His youth exploded, and he was able to make it to a ship very early in his rebuild. Um, And then you have like Corey, who he took him a year or two, but as soon as he was ready to compete, boom, he was right there in the middle of it last year. So we've seen that one go both ways. Um, I do have him as below average on his defensive line. Um, It's not a horrible unit, but I think it's a unit that definitely needs some help. Um, I've got him above average at linebacker, not well above, but a decent unit, and right about average at at DB, so I think where his ranking really takes a hit, though, is his depth. Um, One of the worst teams in the league as far as depth at the defensive positions, so really he's banking on those starters, you know, and if they can give him an average performance, you know, if you averaged all these out here, if he could be number seven in defense, then I think he could move himself, you know, with some progression on offense, you know, he could really solidify himself as a playoff team, so He's got a lot of assets as well. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if he decides to unload off of the, some of those picks and, and make a move, or if he's just going to sit back. Um, his situation could kind of be looked at like Kellen's. Uh, what was that? Two or three years ago now, <coughs> excuse me. Where you know Kellen had just drafted Najee and Jamar. Um, Kellen thought he was a year away, which I'm sure Ariko probably thinks he's either right there or a year away. And then from there, you know, he was able to make a big move, and Kellen was able to win a championship. Um, it's not out of the possibility that that rico could have that same kind of progression this year, so it should be interesting to see you know how he plays this. I would imagine that his his start to the season will really depend and really determine how he how he handles everything. All right, next in the playoff likely tier, the number four team overall, with an over under of eight and a half and plus seven fifty odds to win the championship, I have Kellen. Uh, Kellen has what I have as the number six offense and the number three defense. Um, not a huge fan of Dak. Um, he does, I do have Dak as a below average starter in the HFFL. Um, obviously, he's not a bad player by any means, but I do have him you know, below what has been the league average, basically. Uh, running back, Najee, again, I got him kind of below the average of the top dog running back in the league, but I don't think he's a bad player at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. I think he's at the back end of you know, the the top ten as far as running back goes, anywhere from six to twelve. I think Najee will slot in there. So assuming health. Um obviously where Kellen wins though is that wide receiver. When you have Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup, you're really sitting pretty with those two top dogs. Um Hawkinson, solid tight end. You know, he doesn't get marked down. I've got him, so that's pretty well above league average um at tight end. Um his flex is not as good as I would have expected. Um, I kind of expected to see a little bit more. I just like it off the top of my head. Would have thought that his his next two were better, um, but I have Cortland Sutton and James Cook here as his other two starters. I'm sure he would argue for Zay Flowers. Um, he may argue for Damian Pierce. So I'm not really sure, but those guys are are okay, right? Like, he, but you need to see more. You can't have another wide receiver 50 or later year from Cortland Sutton. Um, James Cook needs to actually realize some of this hype that he's getting, and if he does, Kellen's going to be in tremendous shape. I mean, even with <coughs> even with the group being marked down here. You know, I've got him as the number four team in the league. So, and his depth though is is a big factor with that. He's got pretty well above average depth on offense, which will help him. You know when those inevitable injuries do happen. Um, defensively, Kellen is really carried by his defensive line and his defensive backs. Um, I've got him top three in both of those positions. Second at D line, third at DB. Uh, I do think he needs help at linebacker. He does not think he needs help at linebacker. He's pretty pretty satisfied. Um, but I got him a pretty well below average group. It's not a bottom three group, but it is a well below average group um, at that position. So I do think he's going to need to make some moves, see what he can figure out um, in free agency, see if there's any trades out there that he can make. Um, But depth wise, you know, he's above average, um, slightly above average as a depth piece. And obviously he got that number one uh, management ranking score there too, which gave him a little bit of a bump here. So Um, I think it'll be another good year for Kellen. I would be surprised if Kellen wasn't in the playoffs, but it wouldn't be like an absolute shock. Um, But I I think he'll be there. All right, the third team in the HFFL, the third overall ranking here. Uh, I've got this over-under at 8.5 wins as well, same as Kellen. And the championship odds at plus 700, so slightly better odds than Kellen. And that is Julian. Uh, Julian has the number three offense in my model currently and he has the number nine defense in the model. So not a top-half defense there for Julian. We talked about this last year as um, he needed to make some moves, and he did. He did make some moves last year um, and did have an excellent season. He had 11 wins. Um, how, how does he handle the age cliff? Right, like Julian's team is a walking age cliff. Derrick Henry as his top dog running back, absolutely love it. Um, if Derrick Henry were two years younger, I would argue he's right up there with Eckler and CMC as, as the best top dog in the league. Uh, Diggs and Hopkins. I mean, there's been way more hate for Nuke Hopkins, which is kind of giving me a little bit of pause. Um, but I do still have this unit overall as one of the best in the league. Um, not a top three unit at top two wide receivers there, but a very, very good unit and well, well above the league average. Um, I like Fryermuth, but I'm I'm getting a little nervous about how many mouths there are to feed in Pittsburgh. I don't know that he'll be consistent. Um, so he didn't get a great score there, um, but it's not as bad as, as many others. You know, way better than starting... Like a Chica Conquo or a Hunter Henry type type player like that. Um and then at his final two flex spots, I mean he's he's in really good shape, assuming you know everybody progresses and everybody does what they're supposed to do. Um ranking wise though, the 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 various analysts around the league, various fantasy analysts, whether that be footballers, whether that be the fantasy pros, ECR, they are not really fond of either Galvin or Camara over the long term this year. Um, but I do have Julian as a, as a pretty well above average player um, at the starting two flex. I mean, he's going to be having you know, Brees Hall. He's only going to start two of Brees Hall, Galvin, Alvin Kamara, and Mike Evans. Like, that's pretty freaking incredible. To me, that gives him the best depth in the league. Um, the fact that he's got two guys on his bench that would start on the vast majority of teams in the HFFL, like that, that definitely insulates him from a lot of the issues that other teams are going to have. Um, and then defensively, Oh, I just accidentally made a mistake there. What am I doing? Sorry, clicking, making making errors. Um, defensively, Julian has above-average defensive line. He's got a little bit above-average linebackers and a pretty well below-average defensive back. But again, it's not horrific. Um, we looked at this, I think it was last year, and the, the narrative that I was spewing was basically, thank God Julian doesn't have any defense or he would kill us. Well, he fixed a lot of those issues. Um, but year over year, he needs a little bit of help here still. Um, I do think he's got some strengths going on. His depth and his DBs definitely need a little bit of work, and I do anticipate that he'll make those moves, um, whether that be free agency or trading, whatever it is, because Julian has shown that he is completely all-in, period, end of discussion. He knows the dark days are ahead, uh, but he'll worry about that tomorrow. He is 100% trying to win today, and that's all he cares about. All right, the next tier, playoff lock. Um, I would be absolutely astonished if these two teams we're not in the playoffs. Um, It would have to be an absolute train wreck of a season, but it is what it is. Um, Number two, I have myself, Jim. Uh, Over under nine and a half, championship odds of plus 500. Um, I have myself with the top offense in the HFFL and the number two defense. Um, Can I hold up to that, Mark? Defensively, I did not last year. Um, But offensively, I was in the top. Again, I think I was number one again on offensive points. Um, Unable to get it done, as has been my motto over many, many years. but. Still, nonetheless, here we are. Um, buoyed at quarterback, obviously with Mahomes there. Um, very questionable, though, currently at running back. Um, I kind of statted myself with three quarters of Jonathan Taylor. Um, one time I statted myself without him completely. <coughs> Excuse me. The next, the second time through, um, I statted him in, but as more of like a, you know, it, he's not going to be a 1.01 type player. But is he a, is he still a first round startup player? You know, in redraft, I I don't know. He did come back to the team yesterday. He is traveling with the team. Um, they are saying that the tensions seem to be easing. I don't know. Um, if not him, then it's Mixon or Pacheco. You know, and that's uh, obviously a pretty substantial drop. even though I do think Mixon will be solid this year, but it, it'll just depend. Um, wide receiver, Tyreek and DK, a pretty good starting duo there. Tight end with Kittle. We all know he's made a glass. He's already hurt. Um, I actually took a took a hit there. I don't. I don't think Kittle is that guy anymore. Uh, which is why Corey Hagerman needs to trade me Kyle Pitts. Um, the flex. This is a position that if I have Jonathan Taylor, my flex is very strong. If I don't have it, it's a, it's a decent group, but it's nothing really amazing. Um, and then depth-wise, kind of the same thing. If I have Jonathan Taylor, I have decent depth. If I don't have Jonathan Taylor, then it's basically Isaiah Pacheco and Juju, and let's oh, hope, let's hold on. Um, but if I do have him, you know, then somebody, either DJ Moore or Mixon, is on the bench, so... I could see that you know being a strength in the scenario where JT plays, but we'll see. Uh, defensively, we've got a below average defensive line, um, really not an elite group, paid a lot of money uh, for Daniil Hunter and Joey Bosa, and both have really kind of been a letdown. Uh, Linebacker-wise, just above league average, very barely over league average, excuse me, and um, the number two DB unit, um, as by the scoring system here, and a decent amount of depth, um, above average league depth. So. Kind of like always, just buoyed by throwing bodies out there, hoping that everything works out defensively. Um, I don't really have the elite upside that I once had at, at defense, but and that's what I do have costing myself and not, not getting over the hump, obviously, with JT uh, being out there as well. That doesn't help. Uh, but the number one team, the other playoff lock team, um, obviously this is the second year in a row I've picked him, is Corey. Um, Corey did make the ship last year, unable to get it done, but he is all in. He's tooled up. He's ready to go again. <coughs> I have his um, over-under at a league-best 10.5, um, and his championship odds at a league-best plus 400. Uh, Corey, to me, has the number two offense, the number one defense. Um, he was number one in defense last year, and he's been remarkably consistent. Um, his knowledge base for IDP has improved so dramatically that it's, it's actually really cool <laughs> like to to hear him talk about oh, you know, I don't think such-and-such such is going to do so-and-so in this scheme or so-and-so in that scheme. It's like, wow, okay, he's really digging into this. He's really putting a lot of time into this. So, And it shows. I mean, his team is is truly great. Um, he's not really deficient anywhere. I don't have him in the bottom three in any single unit um, on the entire sheet here. Obviously, he's got one of the best duos at wide receivers with CD and A.J. Brown. Obviously, he's got the best tight end in, in Travis Kelsey. Um, good flex unit there, not elite by any means, but, I mean, Javante and Ayuk, I know a lot of people are down on Javante, and even the, the rankers, when I was kind of going through and just kind of seeing where the general public had people versus my own perce- perceptions, um, they're kind of down on Javante, but, you know, if you remember, before he got hurt last year, coming into the league, Javante was looked at, like, kind of, maybe not as high as Bijan is now, uh, definitely not as high as Bijan is now, but but in that realm, like, he was thought of as, like, the shit like he's gonna be amazing and he's just because he got hurt nobody everybody expected him to be out longer than he was and he just the hype has not returned to what it was before so if he gets 75 percent of what people thought that guy was gonna be last year he's gonna be an absolute stud um defensively like we talked about i mean this is a heck of a unit here i don't have him in top three in any of the d-line linebacker or dbs Um, i do have him at number two overall in depth um, but he's well above average in every unit a well above average D line, well above average linebackers, well above average defensive backs. Um, this is just a unit who's coming at you in waves, and that's without Jordan Brooks. So when, even when Jordan Brooks is back, that's going to be very helpful for Corey. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be interesting. <coughs> I appreciate you for for sticking in this long. We're 37 minutes in here. My voice has given way. Um, put a lot of time into this. I'm glad I was able to bring this to you guys. Um, I am kind of hope- hoping that a couple other of you. Do your own type of rankings, whether that be a parody ranking. I heard somebody talk about that, or you know, just your own <coughs> preseason poll type ranking list. However you want to say, um, I think it'd be pretty cool to hear. So, um, as always, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, if you don't like where I have you ranked, you know, be better. Do something about it. Fix it. So, good talking to you guys, and we'll talk to you later.